Good morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke through Pierre, on another terrific Tuesday. A terrific Tuesday for somewhat of a philosophical tangent, friends. Torch Report 410. Human nature holds the answers. The source of our problems is also the source of our solutions. There is... A very interesting phenomenon I've seen kind of cropping up lately, something that is never really talked about, yet nevertheless provides us with great insight into human nature. And I believe that understanding human nature allows us to better understand the great complexities of geopolitical affairs, as well as, you know, understanding human nature leads us towards the tactical, practical solutions that we need to kind of resolve the mess that we're in right now. Now, there's a lot of news out there. Of course, if you find the news mind-numbing, I think you'll find that today's, uh, today's report is going to be a bit more of a mental treat. So thanks for uh, joining me on this philosophical romp. You know, just as no problem can properly be understood without understanding human nature, no potential solution can really be understood without an accurate account of how human nature will inevitably play into it. But a lot of people don't really understand human nature. And I believe this failure to account for predictable human nature is really at the root of most, if not all, of our societal woes. So, as a poet and a philosopher... I want to share what, you know, what, what I've discovered in my own mental musings. You know, I've re- been reflecting on human nature for nearly 40 years, since the days in my early youth when the dawning of self-awareness awoke within me. You know, somewhere circa age 10, I realized that I could learn anything that had ever been written in a book. And of course, there were endless books to learn from. So I was thrilled by the idea that I could learn for a lifetime and never exhaust the inexhaustible source and sum of all there is to know. I knew then that I would never even come close, right? I I mean, I'm just a small, finite little speck in the cosmos. So I, I can never understand everything or understand it all. And thus, I set my mind to sort through the various fields of study. You know, in an immature attempt, really, to determine what was the most important thing to learn about. I needed to prioritize my learning because, you know, I realized some things were were certainly trivial, but there were other things that I could learn that would imbibe my mind with lifelong benefits, right? And one distinct thought I remember floating through my mind was, you know, I could learn how to build rocket ships or robots, and that would be cool, But someday I was going to be dead and in the dirt. And at that point, you know, those silly ambitions didn't really seem to matter. So there there was something more to life than just the material things. Something I had experienced for myself while romping around in the Alaskan wilderness with nothing but nature and the nature of my thoughts to keep me company. There is something that transcends my thoughts. Something that even seems to transcend time itself. But that's a special something, something I deduced that most people have never seen. It was, uh, it was through martial arts that I had been introduced to meditation, and it was through meditation that I had been introduced to this something else. It was, it was there, inside of me at first, kind of nestled within my own mysterious inner workings. And then, 
once I became aware of this inner presence, I realized that it was really all around me also. It, I came to see how the inner mystery was reflected and resounded all around me, always guiding, always delighting, always drawing me ever deeper into the eternal enigma. And it was, it was then, you know, it, it, uh, it was when, uh, way back when, you know, before I had any inclinations of being a mind, when I was just a boy, that I realized that the first and most important thing I could learn was about me, was about myself. You know, who am I? Why am I here? What makes me tick? What's going on inside me? What can I do with this body of mine? What are the limits of my mind? What can I do? And what can I not do? I asked what a million and one times, and the only question I may have asked more often was, why? By the age of 12 or so, I was, I was writing poetry regu- regularly. I was relaying back to myself the insights that came from this inner searching and, you know, the direct observations of my mind and the world around me. And I have stacks and stacks of journals filled with the scribbles of a searching young heart. I felt like I was being instructed by a wise old soul. My mind was a bridge in between the two, but most often my mind was like it, it was like it wasn't even there. It was just this flicker of a fleeting thought bouncing off the edge of my awareness. And where do these thoughts come from anyway? You know, I wondered. I wondered a lot about that. And I want to share with you some words uh, that I had penned, a little prose poetry here. I, I, I wrote these words before I was old enough to drive a car, but I feel like they're very relevant to today. Quote, Human nature is to wonder, and the source of our will is curiosity. Constant thoughts flood the conscience of a common level. But to rise above instead of falling within is the only key. Nothing else matters to me. All I want is what I am, and to understand my mere existence, and to master what I know is myself. End quote. Those lines, again, they come from a prose poem titled, Nature is Wonder. It's just a part of the poem, but the words tickle my brain to this day. Nature is wonder. And those opening lines continue to stimulate insight for me. But for the sake of brevity here today, friends, uh, you know, to kind of get to my geopolitical point here, I'm going to have to truncate the philosophical tangent. Suffice it to say, in my mind and in my way of, in my own way of understanding, I believe that divine expression is a curious exploration of infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and thus our curiosity is a divine expression, which is in fact the source of our will. Uh, it's going to make more sense why all of this matters when we get down to the end of it today, friends, but uh, as for the interesting phenomenon that keeps cropping up, it's loosely tethered to this endless quest for self-understanding. Okay, I'll see if I can put it in concrete terms here to tie it into the political situation. You know, this quest for understanding leads directly to individualism. It leads to our individual identity. The reality that every person on the planet is infinitely unique according to natural order. So, you know, this ultimately fundamentally defies the entire foundation of socialism, collectivism, communism, etc. The two concepts are incongruent. In fact, they are polar opposites. Individualism leads to the collapse and destruction of socialism. 
Socialism leads to the collapse and the destruction of individualism. And it's the latter that we're facing right now from the local to the global level. We're facing socialism leading to the destruction of individualism, the, uh, in the destruction of individual identity. So when, I'm, when I talk about you know, assimilation into the collective hive mind, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it is the intentional destruction of the individual identity, which is then replaced by a prepackaged and heavily conditioned social identity, the social consciousness that the globalists like to talk about. Now, obviously, one of these concepts is rooted in reality and the other is not. But now, with the weaponized AI, with the algorithmic social interventions, with all the sneaky censorship and the grip on the narrative and, and the controlling of emerging public perceptions all of which we've documented at length here on the Torch Report, now humanity is fa as a whole <clears throat> is facing an unprecedented crisis. We are quite literally at risk of losing sight of what it means to be a human being, of being transformed into little more than soulless, hackable animals. I'll say it again, friends, we are quite literally at risk of losing sight of what it means to be a human being. We are being transformed into mindless cogs, you know, little more than hackable animals who are programmed to squander our time toiling for the sake of paying taxes and living like slaves to the state. I assure you, this is not the way that things are meant to be. It only makes sense, right? I mean, but this is, this is why... I believe, you know, why so many people can sense that something is wrong. This is not the way that it's supposed to be. It's, it's so totally incongruent with reality, so totally incongruent with human nature. Now, we have a heartbeat before we have a brain, right? We've talked about this, and the science is astounding. We've covered it, you know, but what I want to emphasize here today is that this is our secret weapon, the fact that we have a heartbeat before we have a brain, the solution to our, our crisis here is that we need to get out of our head and into the heart because it's in the heart where we will find calm in the midst of the storm. It's in the heart where, we'll, where we will find both the wisdom needed to know what to do and when to do it and also the courage needed to make it happen. The road ahead is bumpy. It's not going to be easy. Now, when we're thinking about what to do and how to solve these problems, uh, we have to understand the mind is a maze. The mental mirage is a house of mirrors. And for the untrained, you know, untrained mind, for the untrained initiates, meditation tends to be this kind of abstract and mind-boggling concept. It's about as abstract as astrophysics. And a great deal of what is taught about meditation these days is really little more than a load of watered-down crap. And I just state that as a fact. But nevertheless... Learning to observe one's own mind, I believe, is the quintessential defensive strategy when we find ourselves under constant, relentless mental attack. The more sophisticated the attacks become with all the AI and algorithmic social interventions and stuff, the greater awareness is required to resist assimilation. This inner resistance is how you stave off menticide. It's how we overcome the subconscious inertia that has been slowly building through decades of institutional indoctrination. Now, we're just really, a lot, I know for myself, I speak for myself here, but I think a lot of people are just now waking up to the reality of our current circumstance. Like, holy hell, how did we get here? 
You know, the truth is they've been programming us for a long, long time. Now we know that they've got this well-developed strategy. It's been designed to domesticate humanity and to transform human consciousness. It's aiming to assimilate every individual into the collective and clone the massives, masses with a cosmopolitan perspective. We know this now, and we know they've been at it for decades, perhaps even a century or more, uh, but also we know now that they're growing desperate. They're openly talking about opting for less carrot and more stick, as we were talking about here last week or so. It doesn't really matter that these people are crazy. You know, these global socialists, these communists, these Marxists, these liberals, these progressives, whatever the hell they choose to call themselves, they all suffer from the same affliction. They have no idea who they are as individuals. They think that they know, but this thought is little more than a mental aberration. It's nothing more, okay? Their innate sense of individual identity has been conditioned out of them. Now they can only identify with the collective, with the greater good, with the narrative and the story that is actively being woven throughout the web of social consciousness. And that, of course, means you know, they no long, they're not thinking for themselves, right? No, nor are they capable of acting on their own volition. This, this mob of masses, a mob of the masses, <clears throat> every action... The whole of their behavior is being driven by a set of beliefs that have literally been installed in their brain the very same way a virus is installed on a computer. This is the mimetic mental virus we've been discussing. I put the link there in the report. Uh, And it, it makes these poor, insufferable fools, the useful idiots, a dangerous threat. Especially because they've been programmed to believe that we... Those of us who love life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we are an impediment to progress. We are standing in the way of the greater good. And so they see us as a threat, right? We're a threat to public health and safety. If you don't mask up and get this experimental jab. You see what I'm saying? You know, and so now on the left, while the Antifa sorts may get violent about the fact that we're impeding progress, you know, while the climate cult may continue to disrupt flights and interrupt traffic, you know, the greatest threat these people pose is ultimately their unshakable conviction in democracy because democracy is mob rule and they are the mob the mindless assimilated mob the collective cult okay they believe that they have the right to vote and they do this is where it you know gets real practical here you know, and they, they believe, not only do they believe they have the right to vote, they believe that since they are the majority, they have the right to impose their will upon the rest of us. But that right does not actually exist, except for in their minds. They, you know, they, they talk a lot about the international rules-based order. That's language I see cropping up all over the place right now. And they believe that this international rules-based order exists, but it's really just a fantasy, It's a collective fantasy. At the individual level, nobody agrees and consents to this international rules of order. But they are incapable of discerning what they think from actual reality, precisely because they have lost connections with their souls. Now, the interesting phenomenon, again, that keeps cropping up, is this utter failure of the collective agenda. The collective leaders right now, they can't agree. The G20 can't agree who, you know, whether or not 
you know, to let, you know, do this or do that. NATO can't agree. Uh, global leaders can't agree about how to mitigate the climate crisis. Progressive policies continue to destroy communities. Public behavior is becoming increasingly deranged. More and more people are struggling mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. And all of this is happening as the Democrats are in control, as the liberals of the collective hive mind is in, in control. And though you and I may have our opinions about all of this, ultimately I see it as an opportunity to arouse the curiosity of others. I mean, it's, it's easy to point fingers, to make fun, to point out what's wrong. But the bigger issue here is that we need more people to see what's wrong. And so we have this opportunity to arouse curiosity in others, those who are unlikely to see it for what it is, but they can sense that something is wrong. But we can point out, look, you know, if you can't get 20 global leaders to agree on something, how the hell are you going to get 8 billion people to agree? Curiosity, ultimately, is the first step in the greater awakening that needs to happen. What's going on right now? Why is all of this happening? We can explain it in terms of human nature. You know, it's, it's human nature to disagree. It's human nature to want to do things our own way, to have our own preference, to pursue life and happiness in, in a way that seems suitable to us at the individual level. But we first have to, in order to achieve any of this happiness, soul level satisfaction in particular, we need to understand who we are as an individual. And that who we are as an individual is infinitely unique. We're, we're phenomenal cosmic creatures. We've got this powerful spirit within us that we can use, you know, that, that through this, with this spirit, should I say, comes the ability to choose to use change, to focus our mind and our energy and our effort and all of that kind of stuff. Friends, there's so much stuff going on, you know. But when we realize that everything that's happening is all just human nature, we stumble onto the ultimate solution. The fact that freedom is the most good for the most people because everything else leads to conflict. And really the problems in the world today are, rest with the people who oppose individual freedom, individual li liberty, those who would deny individual identity, those who would speak of the greater good as if it's something that actually exists. It does not. It's a figment of the imagination. This is how we gain insight into the problems and the solutions here, friends. You know, just, just uh, like I said, it's a tangent into uh, kind of a philosophical Tuesday here. But I, I want to end with this. You know, chaos is all part of the cosmos. And I'm going to ask you to read between the lines just a little bit here. But I want to share just one little poem. It struck me as I was rolling through the deserts of southwest Utah. And I saw all these, you know, these uh, geological age, you know, these strata, differential erosion and all that. Anyway, I, I whipped the car over and pulled out my journal and I wrote down, transient time, layers of change, create and destroy are two sides of the same. Transient time, layers of change. Things are never going to be the same. Things are always moving, always changing, okay? But create and destroy are two sides of the same. That's the secret there. Nature is indifferent. Someone has to lose, and it better not be us, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. Thank you for uh, for in indulging me here. 
I hope that it does stimulate some thought, friends, that inner awareness is the solution. The solution to political chaos is the elevation of inner spiritual awareness. Take that, chew on that, share it with somebody, friends. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it. Get out there and embrace the rest of this terrific Tuesday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.